stone deck. I hit the ground running when I'm invading your country. It's still with honor and discipline. Throw my guns like onyx, dressed in camo with what's up guys sergeant g here from the stone vet usmc man happy friday i'm glad you guys are here with me man hopefully the weather ain't too bad where you're at here in the mid in the central well me and michael here is from it, it's been a bit warm it's been a bit warm it ain't been stupid hot in oklahoma it ain't been stupid hot but it's been nice and warm <laughs> I, I i can't complain really i mean honestly i don't think we've hit over 100 degrees but We've been blessed lately. I mean, usually we're at 105, 110 degrees in the summer in the middle of August. But now that it's September, you know, it's starting to cool down. Fall's in the air. Fall's starting to come and trying to creep in a little bit. Texas, you guys usually stay summer all year round. I mean, you guys get a little bit cool. but Yeah, yeah you know, man. I, I, I'll be honest with you, though. Like, I don't think I've – since I've been out of the Army, I haven't seen Texas have a, have a classic Texas summer. Right. Not like – not like what I was used to when I was growing up. Man. No, like, I, I, absolutely, brother. And that's usually how it is, man. I'm glad you guys are here with us to enjoy this nonsense and this chaos of the Stone Vet USMC. You know me, man. I spit some chaos. I spit some nonsense. But this is what it's about. It's, I got to tell you guys, this is my therapy session. Instead of going to a counselor and fucking paying these guys hundreds of dollars to listen to my nonsense and stupidity, I'm able to spit it to my brothers and sisters that have served that know the bullshit that I've been through and the shit I deal with on a daily basis, dude. You know? Like I tell you guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you subscribe so you guys know when these episodes come out so you can get the new episodes every Friday. Like I told you guys, I've got a Wednesday episode that comes out. I'm going live on Thursday nights now. And I have a Friday episode. So you guys get me Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Three out of five days a week, dude. That, that's pretty awesome, I think. Maybe you guys get a little bit stupid and like, I ain't listening to Starring G no more. He just spits nonsense half the time, man. <laughs> Huge shout out to my sponsor, Rafa 180. Like I tell you guys, if you're looking for a medicinal grade CBD, dude, go check out Rafa180.com. I'm telling you, the, the, the product is amazing. It's, it's an absolute phenomenal CBD product. Like I tell you guys, don't go to a gas station and buy your CBD products. Get your CBD from a reputable dealer. I mean, in Texas right now where Michael's at, CBD is a mass craze going on right now. CBD is huge in Texas right now. That's I how mean, it was in Oklahoma before we legalized medicinal cannabis here. Hey, man, every every friend that I know, if they're not doing it, they're selling it. So it's, you know, it's... It's a craze, dude, but you got to make sure you're getting it from a reputable source, dude. Like I tell you no. guys, Rafa 180 has their products coming from the only FDA regulated lab here in the Midwest, man. Like I tell you guys... All their products except one is 100% THC-free. They have one product that does contain the, the legal hemp limit of the 0.3%, which is in within regulation of the hemp law, the farm, the farm bill that's out there. And it's like I tell you guys, go and get check out the products that are out there. If you go over to Rafa180.com, they just actually up the, 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 the discount. It's 15% when you check out with the Stone Vet USMC. Go to Rafa180.com. Check out all the medicinal-grade CBD products. And they also got cool stuff like balms and lotions and lip balms and bath balms that are just phenomenal products. If you guys haven't used CBD, definitely check out Rafa180. Don't, don't go to a gas station to pick up the little products that you see at the gas station. Because like I tell you guys, if you guys don't know the reputable source where it's coming from, if there ain't no QR code that you can scan to get the lab testing back from the product, it's probably not a good product, dude. I'm just telling you right now. It's medicine, and you can get bad medicine. We guys get enough medicine from the VA. You guys understand that how fucked up that medicine is for us, right? I'm so excited that this Friday I got Michael here with me. I got Michael here. 
fucking prior service army. Like I tell you guys, the army loves coming on the Stone Vet USMC, man. <laughs> I, I love you guys, oh, man. Yeah. You guys are always coming in. But you guys are so big. You guys already understand how massive you guys are, how big, how big oh, yeah. the organization yeah. is, you know? But it's, I get a lot fun, of... It's, fun. it's funny. What? I always, like, like, I tell people I'm in the army. They're going, hey, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, dude, it's a big army. <laughs> it's not like the marine corps it's not the, like the marine corps it's a shit you guys are fucking massive as hell you know and so that's one of the biggest things for you guys i mean for you guys to get an understanding of what how big the army is i mean you guys fucking hundreds of thousands of freaking service members are in the army yeah unlike, unlike the marine corps where we just have a a matter of a couple hundred thousand i think at one point we're up to like two hundred and forty-five thousand. It's a small oh, wow. Marine Corps. It's a small Marine Corps. Yeah, you know that's, like, that's like that's like that's like a brigade, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially for the army guys, you know. Yeah. But I'm super excited. I got Michael here. Michael here is writing a book, similar to you know you guys. You guys watched one of my previous episodes from a few months ago. I had Gunny Esterly on here. He's writing a book called "The Untold Stories." Was it Uncle? The Untold Stories of Uncle Sam's Misguided Children, Born in a Bar. Right? He's he's, he's gathering stories from all Marines. Tell them about the chaos. You guys have served. You guys know the stupid shit that we've done. You guys know how fucking crazy the stories are from us serving and from us serving our country, right? Serving in the military. It's fucking insane, dude. And but that book's gonna be awesome. He's launching that book November 10th on the Marine Corps birthday of this year. He's been busting his ass, busting, you know, getting his shit all together. So because guess what? It's September. And that book's coming out here real soon, dude. Like yeah. he's only got I mean, he's only hey. got two months to get it launched. And you, yeah. Michael, yeah. you know, you know, Michael's launching his own book called what what'd you say it was? Life's memorable moments. Life's memorable moments. And right now he's yeah. saying his book is mostly about prior to joining the army. Because you, right you joined now, the yeah. you joined it's, the army a little bit late, right? You didn't join yeah, when he was eighteen years old. Yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't I didn't join the army until I was twenty seven. Damn, you yeah. old man, dude. Yeah, hey, man, that's what everybody <laughs> told me, dude. Even my drill sergeants, who I was older than all of my drill sergeants except for one, right? <laughs> and so, like, the first thing the first thing that, like, I, I remember my drill sergeants going, going, like, how old are you? I'm, like, 27. Going, what the fuck happened to you? No you shit. know, like, because I was already, you know, I was gray hair. I was already getting gray hair and whatever. I'm, like, going, it's been a hard life, man. <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know what to tell you, but... But uh, yeah, man, like so and then my of course my my sergeants when I got when I got into the army, you know, good old infantry, they don't sugarcoat shit. Um, oh, shit. They like they're like going they all ask me the same thing, like like how old are you? I'm like twenty seven going, Jesus man, the only person that was older than me then was like some of the platoon sergeants and the first sergeant. You know, I mean I was older than my CO. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but damn dude yeah it, it was something else but yeah but so anyway so volume one almost all of the stories in volume one except for i think one of them are going to be prior service going to be i was a plumber from right out of high school all the way up until i went in the army so there's a lot of and in the, in the construction world was a lot different then than it is now Oh, you know, yeah, I, like, bet. I bet. I mean, construction world is similar to the military, dude. It, a lot of it is a lot similar. It, it yeah, is. Being a grunt and bringing all that shit, there's it's a lot of different. Being, man, a lot being, of the, shit. being construction before going in the military, I think really helped me through infantry school, you know, because our basic training, because we do that OSIT shit. Yeah. And so, like, 
and for for those who like don't don't know osis one station one station unit training where you never get to leave right and so i remember one time specifically in basic we had this drill sergeant in drill sergeant shack and he came in and said okay you motherfuckers shut all your cock holsters and man <laughs> i just busted out laughing like i was laughing so fucking hard it was stupid and my Bill Sergeant walks over. He called me McQuarrie, right? Because my last name's McGarry. <laughs> McQuarrie. And he goes, what the fuck? Why the fuck are you laughing? I'm like, all I could come up with was like, one. I, I, I apologize, Drill Sergeant. I never heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else is like crying and I'm having the time of my life because I'd spent, four, I'd spent seven years, eight years as a construction worker getting drilled, you know, like right, right, getting right. big on. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially yeah. being 18 years old out, of, you know, still straight out of high school, going getting into the pl- in a plumbing field, man. The plumbing field mm-hmm. in and of itself is a motherfucker, dude. You're gonna oh, get dude. you're gonna get some shitty ass jobs in the plumbing field, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I mean, this, this is like some of these things are really funny. Like, I mean, so I, I looking back on them, they're funny, right? Like while they were happening, it kind of sucked. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Just like anything in the military, you look at yeah. it while you're doing it, you're like. This fucking sucks, but you look back at it, yeah. damn, I remember when I did some stupid shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I come, like, okay, so I was, like, uh, what I like to tell you, but I don't think I, uh, so it's kind of like an intro, like, in high school, I rode bolts, and, like, I mean, I was, which everybody thinks is, like, you know, crazy, but in Texas, that's pretty normal, you know? Right, and right. So, and then, um, and so, like, you know, like, I had this chip on my shoulder that was, you know, like, most young punk teenagers do especially guys so they have these chips on their shoulder about the size the size of texas right 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 and especially you texas motherfucker you guys got a huge chip on your shoulder. shit man i'm not gonna lie like i mean and you know like and we we, we hold it right so but the thing is like i get into i get into uh plumbing i don't know anything about plumbing i don't know the first thing about <laughs> like i don't know what pipe wrench is i don't know anything you know right right and so the first day um, like they put me with this guy named Lynn while they, while they call the guy that I wrote, put me with this guy, oh man, this guy named old man, Tom, who was 64 oh, when shit. I did it, and I was 18. And so <laughs> Mike was like going, I need to call old man Tom to let him know he's getting a new guy because he's he doesn't like, Dude, want I've been doing guy. this shit longer than you've been yeah. alive. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I, Tom's very first words out of me was you're either going to get, you're either going to quit or die. <laughs> and he, like he literally tried to do make one of those two happen but um lynn man like he he actually ended up being a lot like an uncle to me and because i was the youngest person at jeep mechanical by easily 30 years and so i mean i get i didn't really stepped into the mess right but really jeep mechanical ended up being one of the greatest companies that you know i could ever recommend but this guy, man, he he literally he played so many practical jokes on me that I de- like almost anything that came out of his mouth, I questioned whether or not it was real or not. You know, like even when it was something serious, I'm going, no, this is a prank of some some kind, right? right? No shit. <laughs> and that's still like I mean that was my like eight years for at least the first four years until like I kind of started to understand when people were, were messing with me. And everything else, and some, you know, I made some pretty big mistakes too along the way that are pretty funny, you know, like <laughs> I mean, that 
Yeah, they're just and it's you know like you think about it now like I'm like well, how did I not get fired, you know or, or 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 some stupid shit like that and like and then like you know like there was this one night this one time where you know like there's 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 a story called Friday Night Smurf where I end up on a I have a date on a Friday night but because I was at work somebody played a practical joke on me I end up having a blue face and that wouldn't <laughs> walk right and like I mean there's shit like that that happened I was constantly being fucked with and. The thing, the point of the, the whole point of the book is like, you know, to let people understand that it's okay to laugh at yourself. Yeah. You know, like, like it's, it's okay to, it's one, it's okay to laugh. And I'm making that apparent by letting everybody laugh at me, basically. Right. Right. And because all these stories are true, like they all have, like, even the ones that don't sound like they're possible, trust me, they happen. Right. right? And, and, and the big thing on top of that is like, I'm, I'm letting people laugh at me to show that it's okay to be laughed at, you know, that it's okay to laugh at yourself, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, especially being in the service. I mean, you did some time. How, how long were you in the army for? Uh, seven years. You did seven years in the army. That's a weird ass contract. Yeah. What'd you do? Did you get medically retire too? No, no, man. No, dude. Like, so I read, so my first duty station was Fort Drum, New York, way the fuck up state. <laughs> and you're from and Texas. So that must I'm have been a hell of a fucking change. So, yeah. So it was even funnier. is like out of basic training, out of 54 dudes in my platoon, right? 53 went to some place in Texas, except for me. I went to Fort Drum, New York. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so like, I don't know who was doing this shit, but they like, going, oh, I don't. Like somebody must have known my dad when he was in or some shit like that because like I go, oh, I know this motherfucker. I'm sending him to drum, you know. Fucking like, boy drum. <laughs> yeah. So I think a drum and like drum is kind of like is they call it the one of the it's one of the black holes of the army. Once you get there, it's hard to get out. So when I was in Iraq, um, I re-enlisted just to get out of Fort Drum. Like, I, I, I did the same shit too. I re-enlisted the Marine Corps just to get the fuck out of New River. <laughs> there you go. See, yeah, and that's pretty much like they, they offered me go. So you you want a bonus? You want like a school or whatever? You're like, nope, nope. Just get me someplace south of Mason Dixon line, right? So south of me, Mason Dixon. They sent, they sent me to Kentucky, which is barely. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, now you went south. We got you south. We didn't get you far, <laughs> yeah. but we got you south. <laughs> yeah. And like the first, like the, I, I reported it for duty in Kentucky, and like three days later, it snowed. I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like motherfucker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's being the infantry. Yeah. No, right. no shit, dude. Like for me, I re-enlisted to get out of fucking New River. You know what they did? They sent my ass back to Iraq. It's like, You're going back to Iraq. I was like motherfucker, dude. I get back. <clears throat> I do. I do my deployment over there. I get back. And my chief comes back up to me. He's like, you've been here way too long. I was there for four years. I said, no shit. I re-enlisted to get the fuck out. You guys sent me back to Iraq. I've been trying to get out of this fucking place, you know? I've been trying to get out of this fucking place. And he's like, where are you trying to go? I said, I re-enlisted to go to Fort Worth, Texas. They got a a, a joint unit down there in Fort Worth. Yeah, Fort Uh, Carswell. It's right down the street from where I live. I'm literally the airport base I was telling you about. I'm a block from it. No shit. That's where I was trying to go. I was kind of trying to go there to the JRB there and... Yeah. Like, there's no there's no openings there's no openings you know it's like yeah, motherfucker I, I was gonna get yeah. out like i re-enlisted because i was gonna do my eight years and i was gonna get out because i had a kid and i was yeah. like i'm getting out i'm done with this and i was gonna get out and be in texas i was being a citizen of texas you know right. 
And sure as shit, I told my wife, I said, well, it doesn't look like we're going to Fort Worth. Where do you want to go? She's like, let's go to Hawaii. I said, no, 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 no. I said, you hear about people who go to Hawaii. You hear about yeah. people who go to Hawaii all the fucking time. In my MOS, yeah. you don't go to Hawaii, you know? Yeah. So I went, I went back to my chief and I said, hey, I said, he's like, I know the monitor. Let me call the monitor. He got the monitor on the phone. We, he had him on speakerphone. We were talking. Monitor's like, hey, Hawaii just opened up. You want to go? I was like, well, fuck yeah. Sign me up. He's like, you got to extend your contract. You got to extend your contract for another year. I said, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Extend it for another year. It's cool. Whatever. So he extended me for another year. I told my wife, I said, we're going to Hawaii. She's like, are you kidding me? I said, no, I got fucking orders to Hawaii. We'll be leaving. And sure as shit, we got fucking three years in Hawaii. And I was like, I lucked out. I said, honestly, I lucked out because I was like, in the Marine Corps, it's mostly a bunch of grunts. It's mostly our O3s that go over there because we got a lot of O3s over in Hawaii, you know? But me as an engineer, we always we work hand in hand with the O threes. So whenever they deploy, we deploy. When they go to the field, we go to the field. We do the same shit they do because we have to right. support them. And so that yeah, like me, I said. So I had nine years. They say you did nine. I say I did nine. They're like you were almost halfway. I said yeah, but you don't understand what it took me to get to that nine. No I say, shit. <laughs> the shit yeah. that, I t- that it took yeah. me to get to that nine without getting in fucking trouble and fucking yeah, NJP no, yeah. or fucking page eleven or whatever article thirteens or whatever. You don't understand yeah. what it took me not to get that shit just to make it to the nine years. Let alone yeah. serve another fucking ten years on top of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ten, eleven years to put me at twenty. Then what? You know, you guys don't yeah. understand the fucking yeah. stupidity I had to deal with. That, you know, that's, I, man, that's one of the things. Like, I mean, every time I like, every time i talk to somebody like going i can't believe somebody makes it you know nine years or ten years and then gets out I'm like going i get it 100 percent. i mean i mean because i mean honestly like you're right dude i mean the amount of i mean bullshit that you you take i mean especially like so when i was getting out and i'm gonna catch a lot of flack for this but whatever <laughs> the, 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 the army the army was changing we the army I mean, I guess it's always been this, the military as a whole, but it's a fish fishbowl for social experiments, right? No shit. And, and so, like, and so anything that the that the politicians in Washington, D.C. want to try to pass as a bill, before they do it, they do it to the military because we have no say in it. We all, like, we just got to salute, say, Raj, and carry on, right? Right, well, right. <laughs> well, they were, they were starting to talk about putting, you know, Again, I'm gonna catch a lot of shit for this, but talking about putting women in the infantry and shit and stuff, <laughs> right. and and like I mean, me and my like I mean, I had this conversation with every like unless they were fucking officers. I mean, and I'm talking like you know your freaking colonels. They're right. the only ones that were on board with it. Anybody down on the line level, they're like, well, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard for my life. It's all politics, it baby. Like, I'm like well, you know what? Okay, fine. If you want to put women in the infantry, give them their own unit. Yeah, like. Don't, there, don't put it with men. Yeah, don't put it with men. There's a reason why, like, when you go overseas, you like, I try to explain this to people. You get a general order number one, right? And that pretty much covers everything. Right. And it, it's like, and one of the main things is no fraternization with the opposite sex. <laughs> and, and if you think, I mean, you put a guy and a girl together in a fucking combat situation for six months or a year and you don't think they're going to freaking have relations, you're dumber than a box of rocks. No shit. Because, I mean, that's just, that's, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. You know, so I, just, <laughs> I just had Tracy on the show not too long ago, and that's one of the biggest things. She's a, she's a female veteran. She's an Air Force veteran, but I mean, she's gung-ho. What she does and what she says, I mean, she, she's make, she makes herself memorable. That's what she, that's yeah. what she, that's what she told me. She's like, I got to make myself memorable so people know who I am and not feel sorry for me for being a female veteran. 
But that's, yeah. what, that's one of the biggest things. Like, I never knew what MST was. I was like, so what the fuck is MST? They're like military sexual trauma. I was like, no idea. Because I was an engineer. We didn't have, fe- we had females, but we never had them to the extent of where we're working side by side with them. We never worked exactly. side by side with them. They, every time we had females checking in the unit, they put them in the office and they had them doing office work so they could work with the, the staff yeah. NCOs, you know, yeah. the officers and the staff keep NCOs. Them, keep them separated, man. Yeah, you know, so yeah. the staff NCOs can harass them and not us, you know, so they can yeah. deal with it internally than us, than dealing with us, you know. Right. And I never realized, I never understood it, but Tracy was saying, she's like, you know, the Navy has the highest M- MST MST in any branch. I said, really? She's like, well, you got to figure. These guys are going on ship. They're going on ship for six months to a year, and it's both men and women. So they're confined yep. to a ship for, yep. the, for a set amount of time. And it's like you were saying, mm-hmm. you go, you're, you're together, you're, you're together for a set amount of time, and then what? Like, yeah, okay. You so know, so shit's I'm gonna like, happen. Yeah. So like, so my, so I got deployed to Iraq, right, and with. To the mountain division, and there was, uh, I don't know, co- out of the company, there's 150 of us, I think, all guys, not a single fucking instant, right? Because it's a bunch of dudes. Right. I mean, we did some stupid shit, don't get me wrong. You know, like, there's a reason why women live longer, but at the, <laughs> but at the same time, like, but there wasn't any fucking issues. And, like, the only, I think the only woman we really had was at the, was back on the cop, and she was with one of the, the mechanics, right? And otherwise, it was barren, right? And right. but then, you, then you completely change the situations. When I go to Afghanistan several years later, and I'm protecting a general there, an RC East, and it's a mixed, it's a mixed environment. And now we were very clear with everybody that if you have sexual relations with the opposite sex or whatever, it's a court martial. Like, right. You're, you're not you're not looking at Article 15. It's <laughs> do not pass code. Do not collect one hundred dollars. It's a court martial because you're you're disobeying a direct order in a combat zone. Right. 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 Still happened. Freaking girl got <laughs> girl got girl got pregnant. Guy got court martialed. She got knocked down to special like I'm sorry, private. And I mean, it's just, you know, it was a freaking mess. She got to get home, get sent home for medical or whatever. And right. I mean. And so I ended up doing, I went to college after the military for uh, about a year and a half. And I remember my, I did a, I did a paper in, um, in comp, English comp. And my, my professor was a self-proclaimed feminist, right? Oh, shit. She let everybody, <laughs> she let everybody know it. And I'm like, well, okay. So we had to do an introdu- introduction uh, uh, proposal, uh, argument proposal. And so I chose purposely, I chose why women shouldn't be in the, in special forces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to get it out of the way, you know, like, yeah, wanted, let me go ahead and get this out of the way and yeah. let them know how I feel. Yeah. I, no, I, that's I, one of the big, that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I've been with my wife for 21 years and that's one of the biggest things she knows that she's like, you're sexist as fuck. I said, to an extent, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I, I am very I'm not, sexist. It, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm a realist. I'm not, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A realist. I mean, I, because for me, like you said, a woman in infantry, you're like, hold up. If I'm yeah. having to carry around a fucking, if I'm having to carry around the barrel of a fucking 50 cal and yeah, the body or, of a 50 cal or yeah. a five gallon or a five gallon <laughs> jug of water or a freaking 150 yeah. pound, 50, 150 pound can of ammo. 
Your ass better be able to do it. Dude, here's the thing that always got me. Like, I remember specifically when I was in, when I was in the, especially at Durham, man, like the rule was in the infantry, like is the smallest dude had to be able to carry the biggest dude, right? With all his shit on. With everything on. Yeah. With everything on. And so like, I mean, I wasn't a very big dude. I was like a hundred and like five, I'm five, eight, five, nine. And before my first deployment, I weighed about 55, maybe. Right. Right. And I came back from my rack of buck 70, but you know, there wasn't a whole lot to do except for work out. But anyway, um, but like I had to carry the biggest dude who was easily two thirty. Right. You you put all his body armor on him and shit like that. I mean, like I was able to do it, but it sucked. It sucked. Right. It sucked. But it's the the way it is the way it should be because everybody has to hold their own because you never know in a combat situation, situation, you're going to have to drag somebody regardless. If you can't pick him up, your ass better be able to drag him. Yeah. You know, and like, I mean, so, so anyway, I, I wrote this whole paper, like one of my, my, my biggest, like one was it, I wanted to see if she was going to grade me based on, on content or actual, like, you know, grammar and the shit that she's supposed to grade me on. Right. And the biggest thing, well, I, I, I obviously I made enough point enough, enough good point because it changed her point of view on it. Oh. And one of the things that really did it was that going, you know what? So long as one woman is serving in the United States infantry or combat arms, all women had to sign up for the draft. Because, yeah. Because, because, and, and, and I brought forth, I brought forth the whole, like, um, there was a, in 1981, there was a Supreme court ruling that like, uh, a judge, a, a, a lawyer brought in front of the Supreme court based off equal rights, equal protection. Right about women not having to sign up for the draft. And the Supreme Court ruled that women are don't have to sign up for the draft because of the drafts ever implemented is for combat arms. And if and because women aren't allowed in combat arms, they're void from having to right. sign up for the draft. Which I mean I completely agree with. Like, okay, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean you get it because you're like combat arms, you can't do anything if you don't right. if you're not combat yeah. ready. But now they've like you said, the feminists are going around and saying, Well, I want to be an infantry. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, like, yeah, and if that's the case, then all women then because then, yeah. then because then now it's a double edged sword because now it's like, well, not all women want to be in infantry. Only certain women want to be in infantry. Yeah. But it's like, well, but not, if that, if, but, but now not all guys want to go. Not all guys want to go and fucking draft either. You know what I'm saying? It's the same yeah. shit. It's the same yeah, but shit. But as soon as you turn 18, guess what? Your ass, your not your name goes on a fucking bulletin board. Yeah, as a man, as a man, yeah. you don't get the yeah. option. You don't get the option exactly. to say, I don't want to do this either. Well, as a woman, you don't have that option to say that either now. Now now that everybody, now all the females, I mean, because in the Marine Corps, it's been the same way too. Females are starting to, they, I think they just they just started their own female battalion of infantry. I mean, there ain't probably about like six females in it. But yeah. they started their own as well from last time that I, that I looked into it, that I read about it. But it's like you're saying though. I mean, yeah. I mean, if that's going to be the case, if there's women out, well, right now the where 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 women are right now, it, they have fucking shot themselves in the foot. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I've told my wife that shit. I said you guys have fought because you guys have been so segregated for so long, right? You guys fought for equal rights. You guys fought for equal freedom, and now there's these transgender men that are taking yeah. it all from you. They're they're winning yeah. the beauty pageants. They're winning the lifting competitions. They're winning the uh, yeah. sport, the sport and academic freaking college grad uh, tuitions from the universities. Yeah. The men are yeah. that are saying yeah. that they're women. And whenever yeah. you go talk to yeah. a woman, when you talk to some of these women, they're like, 
No, they should have the same rights we have. I said a man should have the same rights that you have. I thought you fought for this. Ain't this what you fought for back in the fucking 60s? Yeah. To yeah. be able to be equal as everybody else, to be as equal as men? And, like, what, what cracks me up about this shit is, like, they're the same ones that want to freaking throw science in your face. No shit. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, they're, the, they're sitting there, like, they want to throw science in your face when it comes to anything that, I don't know, something, whatever, stupid, right? Right. Like, freaking the environment or whatever. Right. But as soon as you want to throw freaking science into, like, there are two sexes. I mean, that's biology. That's it. One. Biology. One, yeah. You, everybody went to school. Everybody did this. Yeah. Everybody knows. There's two sexes. Man. I mean, like there, there is, there is X, X and X, Y. Y. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, like, that's what chromosomes you have. Whatever chromosomes you have in your body, that is, yeah. that that you know, if you're a man or a woman. And, man, I fight, I fight with this. Like I fight with this, like constantly with, you know I mean? in and I'm just all I can do is just sit back going, you know what? All right, because it's, it's not worth my breath. No, you know it's like it's. I mean, because because as soon as like I sit there going like, well, science says this. Well, I don't know. That's how they feel. I'm like, <laughs> well, then okay. Then the next time you bring up global global warming, I want to say I don't feel that way. And <laughs> no, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's all global warming. She don't even get me started on that nonsense. Oh, dude, I'm like, yeah, global warming. Not. I said, where's it at? I haven't reached a day over 100 degrees this summer at all, and no it's usually shit. 105, right. 110. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. even reached over 100 degrees. Where's the global warming at? Tell me that. <laughs> yeah. Tell me where the fuck that's at. You know what I'm saying? I always tell people, when you want to solve global warming, how about you figure out how the Sahara Desert, being a freaking ocean, to being the Sahara Desert. Right. And then we can start talking about global no warming. No shit, dude. Like, I swear. That's like the, the, the nonsense that's coming out, man. So when yeah. you got out, when, when did you get out of the Army? 2014, July. Was, so you're pretty fresh too, dude. You're pretty fresh. Too. Yeah, 2014 yeah, is not yeah, that long man. ago. But yeah, I mean, what? yeah. So, so how was that transition when it, when your time came to an end? How was that transition for you, dude? You know, the I'll, I can almost, I, I, you know, it wasn't that long ago, so I can remember it pretty well. And like the first, I get, I, I guess the first three weeks or so, it was kind of the, I guess it didn't really click that I was out. Right, you know, right, right. because because it was because that first three weeks is kind of like a post deployment leave. Right, right, you know, yeah, like, because you're trying to you try you're trying to get back in the groove of shit, right? Yeah, right. <clears throat> and man, like, and and I instant also I instantly got thrown into like some family shit too because like my I found out so I got back from Afghanistan February 9th, twenty fourteen, and I was out of the army in July of twenty fourteen, so. I find out the day that I get back on like February 9th that my mom had stage four breast cancer. Oh, right. Shit. Yeah. And so like, Hey, my mom at the time was 75, you know? So I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, right. What the hell? Like, I mean, and I just like, okay, well, I don't even like what? Like I'm, I've, I've just cracked open the very first beer that I had in six months. And <laughs> And like I'm getting my sisters hit hit me with this. I'm like, man, wow. Like, oh, okay. So I get out of the army, and my mom's have like, like the the first week I'm out, my mom's in surgery, getting a double mastectomy, right? Wow. So so I'm so I'm instantly faced with that, and on top of that, my dad is like his kidney function is down to like 21. percent Damn. You know. And so for me, it was just kind of like. 
man, what the fuck is happening right now? Right. You know? and, <laughs> and so like, I mean, I really didn't. And so anyway, my mom gets through her thing and she's going through chemo and I'm trying to help her. And I guess finally it kind of hit me like, and then my wife, my, I was married at the time. And so my ex-wife and now ex-wife um, were kind of started having issues and we ended up getting divorced six months after that. And so like, and really, I guess it all comes down to like, I really had this sense of abandonment because, you know, in the military, you're surrounded by your dudes, you right. know, like through no matter what, whether you're right, wrong or whatever, they're on your side. Like right. they might tell you like, dude, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard, ever heard of before in my life. Like you're fucked up, but Hey, I'm on your, I got your back. We're going to get through this shit together. Right. And either they're going to get in front and walk you through it or they're going to get behind you and push you through it. But one way or the other, they're getting you through it. Right. Getting you through it. No, and that, that's the biggest thing, man. That's why I do this show. That's why I love about doing this show is that I get to talk to you guys, man. Some of you guys I would have yeah. never met if I didn't have this show, you know, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. I get to meet you, you know, and but that's what I tell people. I said that's the one. Well, that's probably one of the biggest struggles that we have as veterans is that camaraderie, that brotherhood. Because when you're in service, they're always there. Like you said, they're either in front yeah. or they're behind you. They got you. They're always there. But when yeah. you get out and you move back home or you move wherever, they're not yeah. there no more. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Like I don't have somebody pushing me through it. I don't have somebody helping and me on top that, through this you shit. You learn. And there's another thing that's that's difficult with the like the army teaches you. It teaches you to be there for others and it teaches you to rely on others too. Like, right, right. Go, like, don't be afraid to accept help from whatever, right? Right, right. And so, like, you you learn, and but so it teaches you a different type of family to where yeah. when you get out, your own family doesn't feel like family anymore no, because they no, don't, not at all, because they're because they, they're not holding the same standards that the that they that the military family did. You know, right. and so you're so you 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 get hit with all these freaking this this basically letdowns. You know, like right. like every every time you turn the corner, you're being let down by somebody. You know, <laughs> no and, <shit. laughs> and like it just like you you expect somebody to do one thing because that's what you've learned to expect in the military from the people you're surrounded with, and you're having to wake up to the fact that you're no longer in the military. Right. And that people are people aren't like that, you know. It's everybody's looking out for themselves, right. and and if and if they're not if if helping you doesn't benefit them somehow, then they're not going to do it, right? No, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. My whole family going, hey, you need to get back to who you were before the military. And, you can't. You, know, you, <laughs> you can't, right? And like, And then... My, uh, I remember I was with my dad in the VA in Dallas and this place is huge. And like every, I swear, every, every veteran within, you know, Oklahoma, within the 200 miles comes to the one in Dallas. And I was sitting there waiting for my dad to get some blood work done. And I'm sitting next to this Vietnam guy 
And he just kind of looked, I'm not wearing anything military, dude. I like got a white t-shirt on and freaking you know, <laughs> a pair of jeans and cowboy boots, right? And he just looks at me, he goes, he goes, so how long have you been out? And I'd only been out for probably like, you know, not even a year yet. And I go, uh, not quite a year. He goes, everybody, he goes, everybody wanting you to go back to being normal. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, well, he goes, let me, he goes, don't. He goes, it's impossible. It you is. are who you are now. And he goes, and he goes, accept it and go forward. He goes, no, I- he goes. And he goes, he goes, and honestly, you're, he goes, and honestly, you're bet you're better than you were before. And right. they're, they're just, they're just jealous because they can't be you. And I'm just like, you know, that helped. It's like, I, I stopped, I stopped trying to go back to who I was before and just accepted the fact that I'm, I'm an infantryman and I'm always going to be that infantry guy, you know, and, and my, my outlook on the world has changed forever. No, you absolutely. Know, I mean, that's I, like I said a couple a couple episodes ago. I had uh, Joshua David Linney from Karma Corps on the show, and that's one of the biggest things that we talked about. Is like the Army and Marine Corps; they're very similar. There's a there's a lot of similarity yeah. in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of gung ho, we gotta get shit done type mentality. You know, yeah. versus like the Navy or the Air Force or Space Force. Yeah, or absolutely. Whoever the fuck I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and he, that was one of the things I was telling him because he's prior service Army too, and he was like. That's one of the things that sucks is that during that time when when you going through boot camp they 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 cut off that emotional your emotional line how to yeah. be emotional with people how to be me I joined at seventeen so I was still fucking young as shit dude I was I mean yeah. I wasn't even an adult yet I was seventeen <clears throat> I was still a fucking kid when I joined the Marine Corps but that's one of the biggest things that they did is they they cut that they, because when you're going through boot camp that's one of the things they teach you is they say don't be emotionally connected to shit. You got to take that out because if you become emotionally connected, then you're going to lose the war. You're going to lose the fight. Yeah. You know? And so, like I said, I did nine years, two tours of the desert. That's one of the biggest things that is like you cannot be emotionally connected. You become emotionally connected. You're going to die. You know? Yeah. And they, they beat that shit into you. And in boot camp, man, they beat that shit into you. They beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it until you don't have no more emotions. And now, mm-hmm. now when you get out of service, everybody's like, why you act like that? Man, you aren't emotionally connected to shit. I can't be emotionally connected to anything because it's gonna yeah. hurt me. It's gonna hurt me, and I can't yeah. allow it to hurt me. You know, exactly. and it, I think that's what what hurts us as veterans, especially when we're in relationships. Say you're engaged, you got a fiance, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or whatever the case may be, a wife or whatever. We can't. That's one of the biggest struggles I have with my wife. I've been with her for 21 years, and that's one of the biggest struggles that she's like, "You're never emotionally there." And I'm like, I don't fucking know how to be. I, I'm, I'm doing yeah. what I thought. I, I thought I was being emotional, but I guess I'm not being emotionally connected. Yeah, right. And, it, and it's a struggle. I mean, you guys know, all you guys watching the show, how many of y'all struggle being emotionally connected to not just relationships with your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, <clears throat> but with other people? Other people who aren't veterans that you work with on a regular basis, nine to five or when you go fishing or you go hunting or you go to the fucking Walmart or wherever the fuck you go, when you start meeting friends, you know, because that's one of the biggest things my wife tells me. She's like, you got to go make friends. I say, how do you make friends? I don't understand how to make friends, you know? And, and I mean, I can talk to you guys. You guys are my brothers. We, I, you're my buddy, man. I got you, dude. Like, we, we've been there. We've done the shit. We know how to talk to each other. But for yeah, me to go absolutely. talk to a civilian, to talk to a civilian, and not allow yeah. him to understand my chaos and my we, nonsense, we, we can talk. We can talk to each other because we know that, like, we know we're not that the person we're talking to is not going to get emotional, right? 
Like we're not going to hurt somebody's feelings, you know, because there aren't any to fucking hurt. Right. You know, right. I can say, like, I mean, I swear, like I talk to some people, like I go, I go out to a bar or whatever else. I meet some random Joe, whatever, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there talking to him after a few, I start cussing at him. Like he's a fucking soldier and he's not. And he's looking at me like I just got like pissed in his fucking oatmeal, right? <laughs> and and they, they all of a sudden like they're walking away and they're all you know like getting pit, they're pissed off at me because I've dropped, I've created a whole paragraph out of fuck out of this, F-ball. fuck that, you yeah, fucking yeah. bullshit. I gotta believe yeah, this shit. And, uh, and I'm just like going, well, dude, that's just, I mean. That's just how that's how I talk sometimes, you know. It's like, just the way I talk because I'm used yeah. to talking that way. I've been talking that way for so many fucking years. Like it's just yeah, like, like, I can't I can't do nothing, dude. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and like it's it's funny to me, like you know, like that's the thing is everybody like like you I don't know, you've everybody's had especially all the all the other veterans listening, like they've had that that thing, you know, thank you for the service and people wanting to talk and you know, be your friend and shit until it comes time to like you start being their friend, right? Like, right. Like, okay, yeah, we can be friends. And then you're being their friend. Like you would be a friend of your buddy in the infantry or their buddy in the military. And all of a sudden they can't handle it because they haven't, they haven't experienced what we've experienced. They haven't been through boot camp. They haven't had that. They haven't had the softness knocked off of them. Right. You know, and, they haven't. They haven't lost that emotional connection. That that that, that right. emotional nerve that we have in us that, that was severed while in boot camp and while yeah. serving. We severed that then because, like they said, you become emotionally connected, you lose the war, you lose yeah. the fight. You know, and it sucks, dude. Like I said, I don't. I'm, like I said, my wife tells me you need to go make friends. I said, how? How do you do that? Like I don't understand how you make friends with people. I don't. I don't get that. You know. Yeah. And I mean, trying to talk with people, like you said, trying to relate to them and talk to them like people who have never really had to make an ultimate sacrifice, dude. Like, I mean, for us, it's like I tell everybody that watches the show, me and you were brothers. Regardless if I haven't met you yet or not, if you sign that dotted line and said, I will protect this country against enemies, foreign, domestic, you are my brother. You are my sister. You, right. we're, we're tied together. We all sign that same dotted line saying that we will protect this country against enemies, foreign and domestic. And regardless of what you're doing or how you're doing you're my brother regardless you watching the show i appreciate you guys watching the show and hanging out with me because the reason you're watching you can probably relate you can probably relate to the people i bring on the show uh, other brothers and sisters that are doing things in the community trying to make a difference after serving right because that's one of the biggest struggles that we have is like what do i do now how do i how do i live life now sergeant g ain't in the corner telling me what to do how to do when to do it anymore you know because that's one of the biggest things while serving you always told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what uniform to yep. wear for the day. Every day while you're in, every day, fucking Sunday through Saturday, every day somebody's telling you what to do, how to do, when to do it, right? And then you get out and nobody's telling you what to do anymore. Now you're your own person and you're like, yeah, how the fuck do I do this? Like, how am I supposed to live life? How do I, how do I go to work? How do I that was another car, thing. Like, you know? At, at one point, like, I mean, after I, I went to, after the army, I went to college for a little bit. I was. And then I went and worked for a, uh, a company, a defense contractor that, you know, whatever. And then, um, after that, I went back to being a plumber and I found out the construction, the construction world had changed significantly in the 10 years I'd been out of it. And it's a bunch of pansy asses that don't know shit anymore. And then, (laughs) then, um, 
it like I mean, it really is kind of a big up another big wake up call. Is like America had gotten soft. No, you know, we have. Least, we definitely yeah, have. That, that's what that's what it felt like. You know, I get out and like you know before I was surrounding. The, I was in the construction world where you know the guys were tough as axe handles. You know, and and just you know there there were I, the people that I knew were tough. You know, and like calloused. You know, and then I get out and everybody I meet's got a freaking you know a tear on their shoulder. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't get it. And, <laughs> and so, um, so then like, like kind of like did a couple of odds and ends and finally really go, man, I just don't want to work with any, I don't want to work for anybody anymore. Right? And like, that's the biggest thing. I mean, as a veteran, I mean, a lot of us veterans, you guys have seen it on my show. I bring on tons of veteranpreneurs, people. Who, that's one of the biggest struggles as a veteran is working for somebody else. After you get out of yeah. service, it's like, I don't want to take orders from anybody else. I got to figure right. this shit out, man. I got to, I got to yeah. figure out something to do I, because you guys still got to bring in money. You still, like, I still got to work, you know? And that's one of the biggest struggles, dude, is that is, is how do I do something? How do I, how do I make money for myself? You know? Yeah. And so what, what is it that you're doing now? Uh, I do, I do a lot of ghostwriting right now. Oh, wow. And like, yeah. So like, I mean, and I'm, t- I'm talking about writing a, trying to get this book out, I ghostwrite for, you know, a uh, couple of different companies here and there. And basically they, they do um, articles for Google. Like, you know, when you do, when you, when you pop up Google and you do a search for off-road tires, right. Chances are I probably wrote that article about no the best shit. off-road tires for whatever. Right. I mean, my name's not on it, but you know, it's, that's, that's, that's probably my article. Right. And same thing same thing for fly fishing you know like i, I was a i did i fly fish for dang since i was 20 right that's another one of the stories that's in my book the fly fishing fiasco where i was like <laughs> before so like i started fly fishing before there was youtube right like oh, no there shit. wasn't so there wasn't anything to like show me how to fucking cast right 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 i'm, I'm here and on top of that i'm in texas so there's nobody <laughs> to show me how to fly fish because everybody's using a spinning reel or a bait caster for bass. Right. Here I am trying to use a fly rod to catch bass. Anyway, <laughs> so, so the only thing I had to go off of was a river was a movie a river runs through it. You know. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, to so so I get out in the middle of this river, man. Like I like middle of the Trinity River that runs through Fort Worth here, and and I'm out there like trying to like, use this fly rod, trying to figure out how to cast, and I realized real quick that fly fishing isn't just something you can pick up and do. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And you learn a lot of very important things pretty quick. Like, like for instance, that hooks are sharp. And there's all, there's a whole freaking mess. I'm not going to ruin the story for anybody, but it's a, it's a good one. But anyway, so, and like, so like, so if you, you come across like, you know, Articles about fly rods or fly fishing or best fly like chances are I wrote that article. Okay. And so so like that's what I did. Like and the thing about it is it all started that part of it anyway, like becoming a ghostwriter was I, I wrote a review for a uh, a local business here, um a, a a restaurant and it did so well at bringing in more customers for him. That they tossed me like twenty bucks and you know a couple of free meals. I don't know. Shit. And I was like, I was like, well, shit, you know, like maybe I'll 
I started looking into being a freelance writer and I started putting in, you know, articles and like I put in uh, applications for places and whatever else it took. Hey, I got shot down a lot, but then I started getting picked up and now like now I'm writing a book, you know, right. like it, and that's the thing is, you know, like I, I like to think that any look, not just anybody can write, you know, like you, like, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, just anybody can write because not just anybody can write. No, absolutely. You've got right. to have a, you've got to have a pretty good grasp of the English language and, and, and you've got to have a pretty good grasp of like, you know, punctuation and this and that. And you've got to be a good storyteller. Right. You know, people, people don't want to just, you know, people don't want to read, read a monologue by the teacher from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, I just I watched mean, that so, movie not too long ago, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. it was great. It was one of my Love favorites. Love it. Love the movie. One of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, but like, I mean, but if you, if you think you're pretty good at writing, dude, just jump in and try it. And, absolutely man absolutely because i mean that's, that's like i said man everybody has their niche everybody has their thing yeah some people can make t-shirts some people can rap some people can act right. some people can do can write there's so many different yeah. things out there. that's what i love about my show because i brought on so many great guests dude i've had so many great veterans that came on my show that are doing great things and yeah. it's like i tell people i said don't be discouraged dude do you get frustrated? Yeah. You're like, I just don't know. You just don't know until you try it. Yeah. Get out there and, and hey, try I mean, like, it. And there's the thing, like, I mean, and there's the one of those things, like, like I talked to a couple other, couple other buddies. Like, I got a, a med, uh, old medic buddy who I was in the army with, and he's talking about write, like, wanting to write a book. I'm like, hey man, I tell you what, you send me what you've got, like a chapter or two. I'll tell you if it's any good or not. You know, right. and and I'll tell you if like I think you should, you know. I mean, I'll be brutally fucking honest. You know, I'm either going to tell you, yeah, it's fucking great or and keep going. or I'm going to tell you, you might want to go take a class in, in, in English comp. Right. You know, in or whatever. I mean, like, if you really want to be a writer, then you got to do your work. You got to put your, you got to put your foot down. You got to put your work in. Yeah. Man. That's, that's what a lot yeah. of people, I think that's the biggest struggle though. I mean, especially me. I mean, for me, when I started this, the stone vet, I mean, it was a struggle. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know the angle I'm going to come with, you know, and, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, my biggest thing is advocating for the medicinal use of medicinal cannabis, of having yeah. cannabis medicinally available to everybody that, that needs it, you know? Yeah. And for me, I mean, that's one of the biggest struggles. I was like, how do I get people to watch the show? How do I get this? How do I get that dude? And it's a, you got to take a step. You have to be willing yeah. to take that step forward. It, it, it starts it, with, it, starts with one download. It starts with one subscriber and then yeah. it grows, it grows, it grows, you know? My, my, I got, I got, I got three little girls inside, man. I got a four-year-old, a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old and they love this girl, Afmal. This girl, Afmal, she, all she does is videos on fucking Minecraft. She does Minecraft and other various computer games. And they're like, look, dad, look how many downloads she, look how many views she has. Like one video, like she published a video two hours ago. And it have like 2.4 million. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, there's right. that like, many I mean, kids out there that are watching this shit. My wife's yeah. like, yeah. They sit there no, and watch it, you know? And I was like, well, maybe a, eventually one day you guys, you guys yeah. watching the show will share it with your buddy and be like, look, you got to listen to this guy. This guy's got to get some good shit. So where yeah. I can get up, hell, let me get at least a thousand, a freaking, a thousand you know, downloads, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you're, you're, you're on this, like, so the Veteran Social Summit, right? Yeah. And there was there was this um i would i was i actually attended like on uh via the internet right uh last year 
and the first annual, right? And there was a guy on there who's talking about writing and he actually said, he goes, there's somebody out there that needs or wants to read or hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, so, so just fucking go for it. Absolutely. You know, like, I, and, and the funny thing is like, it struck, it, it hit me really hard because I, I walked through Barnes and Noble back when Barnes and Noble was a thing, right? Before all this other crazy <laughs> crap came out. And like, I sit there and I look at some of these books that are coming out that are crap. Right. You know, like, and I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, I can write better than that blindfold. Right. You know, like right, right. my worst story is better than that, you know? Right. And, and then like, but I kind of like, just kind of like at the same time, I guess it's like the whole thing from back to the future where like, what if somebody reads it and do- doesn't like it? You know, like I'm, I don't know if I can handle that kind of rejection. But, but you know, you don't know if you're going to be rejected until you try. Right. And so like that's, I mean, some of the best shit, like what that guy said was like, there's somebody out there that wants either to hear needs your story, needs or wants to hear your story. Absolutely, yeah. man. That's what I tell you guys. I mean, especially the guys that are following me on the show that have been following me for some time now. This is what I love about doing the show. It's like I tell you guys, I was scared when I first started because I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go. And you can see through my episodes, I keep getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better mm-hmm. and a little bit better, you know, because it comes with time doing this on a regular basis, getting in there and doing it every day. Right. I mean, right now, I think I'm over 1300 downloads right now on my audio version of this other show because I'm able to do this, the video portion of it for those guys who have time to watch the video. And those those people who are working that like to listen to Sergeant G and whoever he bring, he's bringing on that week. They can listen to it on any audio platform that they listen to their podcast on, which is great. I've been I've been pushing that, man. Like yeah. I tell you, like it's like I tell them right now. I'm in a competition for in the Veteran Podcast Awards. My brother Shane over at Broken Jarhead created the Veteran Podcast Awards because he noticed that there's no Veteran Podcast Awards. Like you don't win an award, so he took it upon himself to create this platform. And one of the biggest things was that we, us veterans who have podcasts, that we are able to compete for this warhammer he had a warhammer it's the trophies a warhammer it's a cool ass warhammer, you know? and i love it because i'm like I, I hope you guys go out there and you guys vote for me because i want to win this because i'm doing some awesome freaking things with you guys with yeah. them you know and so hopefully maybe maybe i get to win it i mean i think voting closes september 18th is when voting closes and october 1st is when they will be bringing in they'll be bring they'll be announcing the winner of this so you know i'm trying to go out there i'm trying to push it push it push it so you guys can come out and listen to it but me like i said i started this i started this a year ago I, this yep says september it's been a year since i've been doing this i've been trying to figure it out here and there man but i've associated myself with a lot of veterans that are doing a lot of amazing things veteranpreneurs who are like we got to work together to help each other out plain and simple yeah. And that's what we're supposed to do as as a community is help each other out any way that like that's, we can. That's part, that's part of that's part of our, our motto, isn't it? Like we 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 take care of our own. We take care you of know? our own, man. Absolutely, and that that's what that's the biggest thing. That's the, that's what I tell you guys is that how are you building your community around you? I can't tell you what the community is like wherever you live. You know, anywhere in the U.S. I mean, like I said before, Travis Johnson informed me there's over twenty two thousand veteran nonprofits in the U.S. Twenty two thousand. And if you're at home and you're bummed out trying to figure out what the fuck can I do, I need to do something, go help a veteran nonprofit. Go help them out. See how you can help them. Can you help them run an event? Can you help them reach out to the community to say, hey, we're having an event coming up. Would you do, would you mind sponsoring? Would you be would you consider sponsoring the event for us to help us out, help us get the word out? You know what I'm saying? 
figure that out because once you start getting your foot in, dipping your foot into different things like that you start realizing oh i like doing this and you can mm-hmm. start being a promoter you can start being an advertiser you can start doing shit you know yeah and man anybody who hasn't done any volunteer work i've got to sit there and say go do one like right. just go do what i even if it's not a veteran owned thing like just right. go do a volunteer like i remember like one of the first things i did ever like this i was still a plumber at the time and I did, I've done it a few times after being out of the military too. It's like, I went and did Habitat for Humanity where like I helped build a house, right? And because I've been in the construction world, like, I mean, I right. know how to spin a damn hammer, right? right? So that's where I'm, that's where I'm, I know that I excel at and I can benefit, I can be beneficial, right? Right. Man, that was some, one, it was fun as shit, right? right. And two, it was probably like, I was on this one project here recently that like, it was, uh, well, I guess it was last year, two years ago now. And, like, we worked on this one hat, like, these what these three houses um, pretty much for a month solid. And at the end of it, we, we handed the keys over to the families that they were going to be going to. Probably the best feeling I've ever had for my life. No, it's awesome. It, it absolutely is, is awesome. I think for us as veterans, that's one of the things we always want to see somebody else doing better than us. We always want to help somebody make sure that they're getting right. better than us, man. You know, and I think that's one of the struggles. I mean, you know, that's one of the things we deal with is depression, anxiety and fucking everything else, our body aches and pains. And I think whenever the those dark times come to us, it's kind of like, I feel worthless. I can't do nothing. No, you can. You have you're able bodied. If you're able bodied, go and help a nonprofit. Go help them. Like you said, when you handed over the keys to these people for building the house, it's just like, oh, wow, I did that. I was able to help with that, man. Yeah. You know? Well, Michael, we're getting close to the end of the show, man. Okay. How do you how do you want to sign out? How do you want to tell these people to look out for you to keep an eye out for what All you're right, doing? So the, the book's probably going to be released next year, but I'm going to be doing a whole lot of promoting between now and then. It's, again, it's called Life's Memorable Moments. And it's volume one of, of right now looking at volume one of two. And it's just going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun to read. So just hit me up on Facebook, keep in contact. My name that's Michael McGarry. Just find me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy. I'm the only one I know of. And um, and hit me up. Keep stay tuned. There's going to be a lot more coming. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Like I tell you guys, man, I'll have all any way to get in contact with Michael. You want to tell him some stories? You want to listen to some stories? I'm sure he'll be willing to give up a little bit of stories. I have a way to get in contact with him down below in the description box. How to get in contact with him with every way? So you can guys keep an eye out for his book. Because guess what? We gotta support him. We gotta get out there when that book's launched. We gotta get out there and get that book and start reading it. Cause I get you. He told me a couple of stories and I it fucking had me cracking up too, dude. I was like, holy shit, I can't <laughs> believe this. But I mean, they're, they're great stories, man. Like I yep. tell you guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Make sure you subscribe to my channel when yep. you get my episodes every Friday. Like I said, I got Wednesday, Friday, and I go live every Thursday night. Uh, 8 Eastern time, so 7 Central is when I go live. I do it for about 45 minutes. And I guess I talk about my nonsense and the shit that I feel is like is going on in our country, which ain't good. So, you know, yeah. like I said, another, <laughs> shout, another shout out to my sponsor, Rafa 180. Rafa 180 providing you the best medicinal grade CBD product on the market. If you are considering trying CBD, definitely try Rafa 180. Go to Rafa 180 and try their CBD. If you don't think it works, give it a shot. I'm telling you, I can get you off a majority of the opioids the VA continues pounding down your throat for pain management, for high blood pressure, for anxiety, for depression. If you get on the right CBD, I guarantee I can get you off your medications and get you living a 
normal life without poisoning the, your body, without poisoning your, your intestines, your liver, your kidneys, and everything else. Like That's a side effect of taking the medications that you take, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on this Friday, getting to enjoy the time together, hanging out with Michael here, getting ready to just listen to his craziness and his nonsense, man. I love having my brothers on. Like I said, this is my therapy session to hang out with you guys, man. Remember, guys, here at the Stone Vet, we got your six. And your right to bear arms When I say I got your six That means I got your back But what else would you expect Coming from the stone deck One, two, three, four For my country I go hardcore Army, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marine